0: Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we are often invited into organizations to influence leadership and organizational behaviors. It is through these sustained relationships that we gain a deeper understanding of each client and the many ways they benefit their employees, their customers, and the broader community. It is impressive. Through this podcast series, we will be sharing the stories of a few of these clients and how they make our communities
1: better. Josh, we have had so much fun doing these podcasts, which we're dubbing 25 Stories mm-hmm. for 25 years over the course of our anniversary year here in 2022. And it's just, it, it's really an honor to be able to discuss, articulate, if mm-hmm. you will, the benefits that so many of our clients bring to the broader community. Mm-hmm. And as, as we were getting ready for this discussion today, mm-hmm. I thought, man, could there be an easier subject among our client base for you and I to uh, pontificate on <laughs> other than Mennonite Disaster Service? And you 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 and I are both very familiar with this organization, have the highest regard for it. You've been serving mm. MDS here for several years. Tell us a little bit, Josh, about the history of MDS.
0: Yeah. So MDS would have started actually out in the Midwest, out in Kansas area. Um, and it really started out of a Sunday school class where, uh, out in that area, as many people would know, uh, their name gives it away Mennonite Disaster Service. Uh, there at times were some very significant disasters, in particular tornadoes mm-hmm. uh, that would come through or just significant storms. And what they were finding is that there would be a storm would wreak havoc on on a local town or even just on a few farms, and the local community would want to figure out how do we best respond not just emergency personnel but as friends as family and so uh, the Sunday school class had this idea well why don't we start kind of pooling together and creating some organization around how we respond to these because a lot of people were showing up and how do we put people to work um, and Interestingly enough, they started talking about this, and the uh, Mennonite world, if you will, or the uh, larger Anabaptist world, is very networked. And uh, as they started talking about this and saying, hey, we're just creating some organization around how we respond to disasters, and more importantly, how we bring hope to those who have been Mm -hmm. affected by disaster, uh, which has remained true of them today— it just started growing through their network. And so it started spreading to uh, uh, adjacent states, uh, and then it started spreading across the U.S. up into Canada very early on. Uh, there was a Canadian presence as well, and it now spreads uh, all across the U.S. and Canada, uh, uh, as well as Puerto Rico, where this organization provides Basically, organization to when there's a disaster, how can people respond uh, to bring hope and healing there?
1: This is one of the uh, organizations that we work with that has a much greater impact Mm -hmm. than could be captured by our usual business metrics. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you know, you and I would go into an initial meeting with a potential client and just try to get a scope on it in terms of, you know, what are your annual sales or what's your annual budget or how many Mm. employees do you have something of that nature in this case with mds there is an organization Mm -hmm. and there are employees Mm -hmm. but the impact of it Mm. is just so much greater so can you give us a sense of like what do we have here in Mm. terms of a centralized organization. Yeah. And then what is the multiplicative effect of this organization?
0: Yeah. So the organization itself, from an employee standpoint, is actually not that large. Uh, there are 20-some employees who are largely based here out of Lidditz, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, there are a few employees that are in Canada as well. Um, and then a few employees, four, maybe that are uh, spread across the U.S. Um, but in terms of its mo more- multiplicative effect, um, uh, as you're suggesting, I would actually see that in in multiple dimensions. Uh, One is that their impact uh, across the disaster world uh, is actually huge. Folks like FEMA. Yeah, from the national yeah. government are looking at MDS and saying, hey, can you help respond to this major disaster? And a part of that is that if we look at another dimension of MDS, they are extraordinarily good at deploying volunteers. In fact, last year, they would have had over 3300 volunteers. That they would have sent out to projects, to uh, people's homes, to respond to disasters, to do everything from cleanup to rebuilding homes, uh, to mucking out basements after flooding, uh, but over 3,000 volunteers.
1: And this is not the easiest kind of work. Correct. It's, it's not like a, like a, attractive thing necessarily and you know, you're going to take a lot of pictures and make an album out of it. i mean we right. really are talking about things as basic as mm. digging mud out of yes. basements and carrying all out soiled carpets and yeah. things that are probably more difficult than what i'm even expressing here yeah. and yet there's this huge base of volunteer how do you explain that
0: yeah you know i, I I would trace a lot of that back to the Anabaptist roots of the organization, of this real idea of service is very much alive and well within um, uh, that faith background. Uh, But then I would also say that MDS has done an extraordinarily good job of making these volunteer opportunities accessible. So to your point, it could be anything from mucking out a basement to somebody coming and cooking a hot meal Hmm. for the volunteers who are there That's a volunteer role to actually doing some of the administrative work on site, the coordination of people, making sure people have hard hats or the tools that they need or making sure that volunteers are going to show up on the right day. There are so many layers of volunteers um, that take this coordinated effect uh, at every one of their responses uh, that really it makes it very accessible for anybody. From somebody who's in their eighties uh, to somebody who's in their teens
1: yeah that's that's just fantastic the scope of that, and I guess when we think about you saying, "Hey, we have twenty some employees and 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 in in last year thirty three hundred volunteers, the logistics of that are almost staggering because you can't just send a wave of people in with no Project management, no coordination, you know, where's the food going to come from, where are they going to sleep, all these kinds of things. So right. they must be mm-hmm. experts in, in logistics, I would guess. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They have really built up an expertise in that. And again, such that uh, MDS is never going to toot their own horn uh. uh if you will. But the truth is that a lot of organizations look to them to figure out and are quite literally asking the question, how do you guys do this? Um, And it's one of the things that actually I I think other organizations can learn from, uh, but even businesses, you know, um, no different than our business can learn from an organization like MDS as well, is that Within the disaster space, there is so much collaboration that has to happen, even between organizations. Yeah, okay, makes sense. Where if there's a major disaster, let's take Katrina as mm-hmm. an example, even if All the volunteers that MDS could muster up would go to Katrina. The disaster was so massive that it was going to take far more than them. And so among these organizations, there's a significant collaboration where there might be one organization that did a huge fundraising effort, has all these maybe even millions of dollars that they want to deploy, but they can't use it all up within their organization for this disaster, they'll contact MDS. You guys have volunteers, can you help to logistically get things going? And, and that spirit of collaboration is something that is just really unique. Um, and it, it, I would even say is challenging uh, to watch in a personal way to say, wow, where and how <laughs> am I looking beyond my situation, maybe even beyond what's right in front of me, um, to what's the greater good here? And how do we get after that together as a community, uh, not thinking in a singular entity?
1: Yeah, and not thinking that you're the only organization that could handle this or that mm-hmm. you should somehow be first. And you and I are both friends with with longtime executive director Kevin King. And I know Kevin is often invited in very early yeah. after a disaster, be it a flood, be it a, mm-hmm. a tornado, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh to fly in and, and, and assess, right. uh, what is most useful in the early mm-hmm. stages and then the ongoing stages of disaster recovery. Mm-hmm. And the answer isn't always MDS. Do you have any idea mm-hmm. how, uh, Kevin goes about participating in those types of assessments mm-hmm. and then deciding mm-hmm. where MDS is going to deploy and, and, and where they aren't?
0: That's a great question. And, I- I would even say that there's uh, multiple Kevin Kings, if you will. There's only one executive director, obviously, but that assessment process, I would say, is happening many times. Uh, there are several disasters that that are occurring simultaneously where there's an assessment occurring on the ground. And Kevin might be at one. There might be a a, a regional board chair at another. There might be a regional um, coordinator at another. And part of what they're looking at and evaluating is, hey, what are our strengths? What needs to occur here? Where do we slot in? And one of the things that MDS has discovered, even in, in the past, really 10, 15 uh, years is that uh, there are more organizations coming in on the cleanup end. So right up front to do cleanup, First few days, uh, clear streets, help people, you know, a trees falling on their home, get things uh, at least back into uh, order where more long-term repair can start. But then a lot of these organizations leave
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um, Mm -hmm. just because they don't have the ability, resources, volunteers, whatever, to actually do long-term recovery. And so MDS has really begun to uh, specialize in long-term recovery. They still do cleanup, but they're looking at and saying, hey, how many organizations are here? Yeah. If if there's 10 and six of them specialize in cleanup, I'll tell you what, we're probably going to be best to deploy our resources in long-term recovery if you guys can manage the front end.
1: And and that's the place that MDS is most often placed, isn't it, in, in, it in is. the longer term because the the, the early response mm. maybe not quite as hard to attract volunteers and resources Correct. and so forth. But when you're talking about longer term recovery extending into years, that's right. In a number of cases, that's I've right. heard Kevin tell some of those stories. Yeah, how do you keep? volunteers engaged how do you keep a, a stream of resources still to be applied to something that has long ago yeah. escaped the public's consciousness and I think that's a mm. a ministry if you will that mm. that MDS continues to right. attend to and, and just bring hope through there. Yeah. I think I have th- three R's isn't it uh, repair rebuild restore is that is that it
0: yep uh, respond
1: repair rebuild yep. oh thank you well good try by me yeah. <laughs> But uh, there's other R words out yeah, there too. Those, those, those are good. <laughs> those are but, good. I, but I think you know the, the, the stories I've most often been impacted mm-hmm. by when when I hear Kevin speak or, or talk with him personally mm-hmm. is that the long term nature yeah. of some of these disasters and 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 and, and how they can restore yeah. long term by by their commitment. Yeah. Uh, you've been been with. The MDS folks on numerous occasions work with their board, work with their executive team. Is, is there a story hmm. uh, or a location maybe that really sticks with you in terms hmm. of the effect of this great organization?
0: Yeah, there are probably actually two stories that that have really stuck with me over the course of time. One actually regionally uh, uh, around here and actually happened in my own hometown, uh, uh, oddly enough. And then one from outside the region. But the one that, that, that happened regionally around here was actually in Mount Joy. Um, A few folks might remember um, just three years ago, maybe going on four years ago now, there was an extraordinary amount of rain that happened uh, in Mount Joy specifically, where it just dumped uh, inches upon inches upon inches within a two-hour period, Um, and a young couple who had just recently purchased a home, uh, in that storm, one of their basement walls collapsed. Wow They are not in a floodplain, not anywhere near a floodplain. and uh, they had just purchased and put all of their resources in to buying this home. And now a, it's, it's structurally unsound. You cannot live in the home anymore. They needed to uh, evacuate. And they were really left feeling rather hopeless. Did they have insurance? They did. But this was a flood uh, that had caused this water damage in their home, and they were left scrambling. And uh, so they actually called around um, uh, Red Cross, local municipality. The mayor of Mount Joy actually got in contact with MDS and really? said, hey, we have this couple here, and could you guys do anything? So uh, a, a local MDS volunteer who actually lives in Mount Joy, Brian Eversole. Uh, went out to evaluate this and thought, you know what yeah th- th- this is a this is a serious project, but I think that we can help here and they did long story short, they jacked up the house, they rebuilt that wall they had tons of volunteers mucking the mud out of the basement to re- restore things and it, it's interesting the wife uh, uh, later recounted just that you know when this happened, our greatest fear was that. We've just poured everything we have financially into purchasing this home, and we actually thought we were going to lose it because we didn't have the financial resources to, to make this repair, and MDS stepped in. And when wow. we were hopeless, really restored hope. Did they restore the physical building? Yes, but more importantly, they restored hope and they restored faith to this family.
1: That's that's a, um, a great story right here in our own you know yeah. our own local territory. You probably have one from the from the broader ge- geographical. Yeah, state. and
0: another one would have been a, a major disaster hit down south, and um, they went in. They were doing long term uh, recovery and. Uh, the local pastor—they're working through a local church with a connection there—and the local pastor said, "Hey, by the way, you're going to be doing a few homes here. Uh, just so you know, one of these homes is is to a gentleman who is not a nice guy. <laughs> uh, you're 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 really going to run into some problems. Um, and just wanted you to be aware. Uh, so they said, you know, hey, we we, we took that into account and." Uh, uh, Sure enough, first few days he was very standoffish. He'd come and watch what they were doing. Uh, But by the third or fourth day, uh, one of the main volunteers who was there long term uh, said this gentleman walked over and he asked if he could have a hat from MDS. The volunteer said, Sure. And they have this phrase in MDS uh, put down the hammer. Mm. That if the homeowner shows up or somebody who's been affected by the disaster shows up, don't be so focused on your work that you lose sight of the reason that you're really there. So this isn't just
1: a physical ministry. Correct. Okay. Put down
0: the hammer. Put down the hammer. And so he said, I put down my hammer and I went and I started conversing with this guy. And uh, by the time that they had restored his home, uh, he actually shared with the volunteers that uh you know when when you guys showed up I was quite skeptical of what was going on here and what you guys were really up to uh he goes but I've I've come to see uh Jesus in all of this wow and uh you've not only restored my home but you've really restored uh faith and I yeah. It, it, it has struck me because, again, so frequently we can encounter people and we're quick to make judgments or we're quick to uh, interface with them briefly and think things about them uh, that may or may not be true. And it, it was just the persistent care for the people that have been affected this in this disaster that really led to the uh, lasting impact.
1: That's, that's such a great story of restoring hope. And of course, we know that MDS is a uh- organization, their ministry, goes well beyond the physical structures that Mm. they restore and uh, gives gives life and hope to people who otherwise may not have it on their own. We're honored to serve Mennonite Disaster Service. They certainly make our communities better.